Welcome to Foam Talks. This is the second episode of the brand new season of Foam Talks, Talent Edition. Created in collaboration with Paris Photo, this series presents eight talented image makers from both the Ferris Curiosa sector and the Foam Talent 2021. Each of the episodes welcomes two photographers, one of each organization's talent program. Brought together by a common theme and approach, the photographers will speak about their projects, motivations, as well as the challenges they encounter. I am Elisa Medde, editor-in-chief of Foam Magazine. It's a pleasure to announce the guests of the episode, Igor Tereshkov and Anastasia Samuilova. The conversation will be moderated by David Campany. Hello, everyone. My name is David Campany, and I'm sitting in the special collections room of the library at the International Centre of Photography in New York. And it's quite a thrill to be in conversation with uh, Igor Tereshkov and Anastasia Samoylova. Uh, maybe, first of all, by way of saying uh, hello, you can tell us where you are, you two. Igor, where are you? Hello. Uh, right now, I'm in Moscow. Uh, if we talk exactly, uh, you know, in a uh, so-called place, uh, Dacha, near Moscow. So, yeah, because all we know what's happening in the world. So that's why I move out, out of the city. Yeah. And Anna, I know you have experience of uh, Moscow Dachas, but uh, where are you? <laughs> yes. Um, but as of the last decade and a half, no longer. Um, I am currently in Miami Beach, where I live. And in anticipation of showing my new body of work, Florida's um, at Paris Photo. Yes, it's exciting. So uh, um, Igor is showing a project, at Oil and Moss, uh, as part of the um, um, Foam Talent presentation, talent.foam.org. And Anna, I know you're showing work uh, in the fair itself within the Curiosa presentation. Maybe to get us started, uh, 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 Igor, you can introduce that project, uh, Oil and Moss. And then, and then we'll go to Anna to introduce the work that she's showing at the fair itself. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, Olmos is a photo series, uh, uh, you know, from the distant and remote uh, place in Russia called Khmao. Uh, so, this place, uh, they live in endangered people called Khanti. They're nomads, they have reindeers. So, it's a far Siberian place in Moscow. There a lot of oil. In some years, uh, near 15% of all oil in Russia been produced uh, in this region. So this series made on a 35 millimeters film, and I've been there in Kmao as a, you know, as a Greenpeace uh, volunteer, uh, and uh, I just shot some kind of. Uh, the way of life of nomadic people, endangered people, country people, so, and uh, oil spills. Yeah, because it's a real problem in this distant and remote place. So, uh, and before developing film, I just soaked this uh, film rose uh, in this uh, dirty containing water from oil spill uh, with oil, oil containing water. So, there was some kind of destruction, scratches and holes on on these images. So this is the key idea of this project, Olimos. Yeah. Ah, I see now. So they have. So they have. So there's a physical trace. Yeah. On on the image of the environment itself. Yeah. 
inside of emulsion of a film. So, and is, do you have to experiment to get that process right? No, <laughs> it's it's hard to explain how it's uh, you know it's like it's like a near fall. <laughs> it's like a magic. It was a strange and hard time part of my life. Uh, it was in a uh, 2018, and this project was shot. Shot it, and um, you know I don't have enough uh, film. I don't have enough money for the digital camera. I was have to to sell it. I have only film camera, only old uh, film reels, expired film, and uh, I just I just didn't know even uh, any any kind of image uh, <laughs> will be on this film because it's not it's not enough ISO being there just like I'm on a hundred ISO you know the old expired film the ISO and the silver gone from the emulsion so and I understand that uh, the there will be no chance to have a clear uh, image. So I understand that I need to go to <laughs> to go to the bank, and um, I just have one bottle of uh, you know oil <laughs> oil bottle oil water. Yeah, and uh, I just try on a one strip when I was when I was come back to, to Moscow I just tried to experiment you know I just uh, just take a one film strip uh, soaked it for four hours and uh, it was okay about uh, the process I mean uh, the whole scratches but not full destruction and uh, um, one more time I just forget uh, my film for uh, on a night time just just fall asleep and when I woke, when I wake up in the morning, uh, I lost uh, two film uh, rolls uh, because all emotion is, uh, is, is is just washed away by this water, so it was fully clear without emotion. Yeah, so the images do feel very fragile, like as if they could have disappeared, or a very precarious process that you're using. Yeah, so just didn't even try before with uh, you know with oil because i right now i'm experimenting with different kind of you know so called uh, soups soap soap soups uh, in a lamography way uh, of photography so and uh, i think that that could be my the way of uh, you know the artist's uh, way uh, in you know like interaction with environment to to have some kind of dirty water, rivers, and, and all the environment uh, terms, I think it uh, could be the key, uh, the key, key idea of my artist statement in the future. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting how analog film, you know, kind of chemistry-based film, often seems more uh, alive and uh, sensitive to the environment. You know, changes of temperature, changes of humidity, the different ways that the film is processed and exposed. And of, I mean, in a way, I, I see your work belonging to that history that goes back to, you know, Robert Kappa on the beach, you know, D-Day landings, and that, that kind of very expressive effect on the film wasn't really anything to do with what was going on <laughs> on, on the beach. It was to do with how the film was uh, you know, dried too quickly and o overheated later on. Um, but, but it does seem that analog has this, for contemporary artists, does seem to have this 
uh, attraction that it's very it's very open to the environment in different in different ways yeah and you know the key idea i was i was really uh, in, in, in some in some part of my life i was really inspired by you know key idea of uh, there was a constructivist uh, painter abstract abstraction uh, you know like a malevich i mean a black square and uh, he his manifestation about uh, you know the base uh, or, or the, the manifestation of a flatness about uh, the surface so and and this is the main key idea that i was been inspired in and was thinking about that i want to interact with uh, uh, all this uh, surface flatness, you know, is like in a landscape and also in a surface of the chemical physical process of a film. That's why, uh, so that I was using that I was using a film. It, it was a real, you know, like um, I don't know. It's 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 a magic. But, but I didn't have a um, the digital camera on this moment. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, well, there's a very interesting contrast here because uh, Anna, you're very much a digital native. As far as I know, you've never shot film at all, have you? Um, there was a dramatic moment early um, in my <laughs> in my experimentation with photography, and it did not end well for that film camera. <laughs> so <laughs> I was having trouble focusing, and. Um, I, yes, actually, uh, the sentiment of not having enough money, we took out a loan for a year uh, to get that first digital camera. And it was um, a major development in the field at that time. A five megapixel camera is what I got after that. Oh, wow. What, what, What year was this? Oh, I don't remember. I think um, 20 something 2005 six. Oh wow it's like the dark ages isn't four it? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but your work your work is just as related to the environment i know you're showing a project uh florida's but it came out of uh, a very extensive project called called flood zone and i know that flood zone was your really your first move into a kind of observational photography having having come from being essentially studio based is that right yeah yeah absolutely and uh, so the whole move towards um documentary practice came out of this migration into a very peculiar place miami so it was the environment itself that um, propelled this kind of shift I really wasn't expecting for that to happen. My first explorations of this environment were um, indeed for just source material to be used in my collages and studio constructs that I make. Um, Even older project, which is still ongoing, is called Landscape Sublime. So I was intending to build more of those tableaus and to keep photographing them. And then I found the place to be just so fascinating and so dense in visual material um, that I realized I didn't need to construct further sort of narratives in the studio. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember you writing somewhere that the the place you're living, uh, Miami, it itself feels like some kind of collage 
Uh, you don't need you don't need to assemble anything in the studio. It's the work, you step outside the door and it and it feels like a collage. Can you can you expand on that and what what that means for for you as a photographer? I know you do a lot of walking around trying to make images that somehow register the the paradoxes of the environment there. But can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, as an artist, um, sort of lens-based photography as a subject has always been my interest as well as, you know, photography being my medium. Um, So with that sort of transition from studio practice to observational photography, I found the environment to be um, constructed enough for me. It was, it was uh, so full of um, a kind of artifice that can only be accomplished through imagery. It's sort of like inhabiting a fantasy world. And um, Miami, you know, I think many of us can imagine a place just based on the sort of visualizations that we've seen prior, uh, this sort of tropical paradise. And then from my um, explorations in Miami, I then took further road trips out north and west in Florida and discovered their own uh, sort of micro worlds, hence the title of the project and, and book, Floridas. So there are many Floridas, I believe, and altogether they comprise a really fascinating condensed portrait of of this country, I thought. And there's an interesting sense in the images of the environment being, you know, a, a set of paradoxes or, or tensions, which is, in, which is there in Igor's work, because both of you play off um, an almost romantic sort of pictorialism against against some very, very harsh realities. I mean, I know it's tempting to think of that as a sort of photographic strategy. Um, maybe it maybe it's not really strategy. Maybe it's maybe it's just how you feel when you're there and, and, and taking your taking your pictures. Igor, maybe you can say something about that. I mean I'm looking at some of your photographs now and they have this there is a kind of deep romance to them which is then undercut by these marks on the surface picture you know that there's a kind of troubled troubled paradise which is is there in Anna's work too yeah you know yeah maybe maybe this is uh yeah it's always uh you know the magic of the chemical process I mean uh, I didn't realize that it could be so I didn't uh, even try to hmm, you know, to have control on this uh, image because uh, uh, I didn't know what exactly time I should expose it, uh, what exactly time I should develop it, uh, what exactly time I should, uh, you know, soak it. So, and uh, in some case, uh, if you talk or, or if, you, if you saw some kind of romantic on uh, 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 all of this, it's all about from yourself because I didn't even try to put it uh, inside of this surface. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. It's uh, yeah, it's like yeah. So um, of course, my name is under this photography about this fo- uh, uh, under underneath all these uh, photos, but uh, actually they uh, didn't. Uh, 
<laughs> even even mine. I just notice it and try to catch the show. That's all, and uh, that's uh, the main of manifestation. Uh, you know, uh, I try to realize in. Uh, you know, in, in a Timothy Morton, uh, the way of thinking about nature and ecology and n not exactly um, how to talk, uh, how, how to think about nature, about like a construction, uh, what we call nature. And uh, yeah, because it, the nature is, is, is a construct uh, from, the, from the people, from the environment, it's uh, from Anthropocene and, and so on. I don't know. What exactly about poetry? But <laughs> this is how I was thinking about the nature and the nature of uh, like environment and the nature of a photography as as a surface and the chemical process. Anna, I know this interests you a lot. The idea of you know genre conventions. I mean, even the word landscape is interesting because it implies maybe a place out there in the world, but it also implies a type of picture. And I know that a lot of your work is interested in sort of thinking through and playing philosophically with the fact that you can't really separate those two meanings, you know, any to, to even point a camera at something that feels like a landscape is, is to accept the genre conventions somehow. It's, it's almost as if it's a trap that we have to enter into and maybe come out somewhere else. Yes, um, I address it um, sort of head on and also playfully in this Landscape Sublime project uh, that I've been working on for close to 10 years now. Uh, it never gets old. There's a, I feel like, infinite supply of these kinds of renditions <laughs> of landscape that uh adhere to the conventions that I think stem from um, classical you know, romanticist painting uh, and the theories about the um, aesthetic categories of the beautiful and the picturesque and the sublime and what's worth capturing, right, or painting uh, in the most picturesque way and, uh, and how. Um, to accomplish the results. And there are, of course, manuals written on how to photograph certain places that are especially popular with visitors, right? tourist sites. And so living in Florida, then I felt like I, I can't um, not address that, you know, living in this part reality, part uh, construct of a place. I mean, it's interesting that you both do it with a kind of play on surface. It's also interesting that Igor mentioned, you know, Russian constructivists and Malevich there, because I know Anna, um, maybe not Malevich, but a number of the, the, the women artists of the Russian avant-garde were, have been important to you in terms of your sort of image construction and playing surfaces against themselves somehow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Painting has as much to do, especially with that project, as um, photography. Uh, Natalia Goncharova has always been my inspiration. And then later on, years into this project, I discovered some of her paintings that looked exactly like my photographs. <laughs> and, but they were, uh, yeah, watercolors. <laughs> so it's sort of uh, painted. And then there's this illusion of uh, sort of folded uh, picture within her painting and that's precisely what I've been doing with this project, Landscape Sublime, where I would um, print out images I found online in public domain. Uh, and there are so many images of uh, certain types, right, of certain sites, 
um, like again, the popular tourist attractions that you can just take them and print them out and do whatever you want with them. They're completely free to use, not only to look at. Um, and so, and then I would set them into these tableaus and re-photograph them, and, which serves as the sort of gestural metaphor for constructedness of any place. You know, that there's a singular viewpoint that photographer inevitably produces. Igor, I'm, in, I'm interested in what your work is like physically. If, if someone were to see um, the work in a gallery setting, how, how different is that from the experience of it on a screen, on, online? And it, is there a sense of the image being a kind of object or tell me a little bit about that? You know, in, in some case, uh, it's like Susan Zontag uh, when she talked about, uh, you know, the difference between the cinema and the photography. I mean, um, yeah, right now it's a digital era and right now the most part of our images, they're going out of the screen. Yeah, because, yeah, of course, we have galleries and uh, prints, but uh, the most uh, part of our life images going out of screen. So they are in emotion, like a cinema. I mean, um, you know, like uh, Zontek, uh, she, she talked about uh, the cinema, like, um, I didn't actually remember, like, uh, like a light from the wall. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and uh, right now, uh, we have uh, photography, but uh, in her time, uh, the photography been as a physical object that you can, you know, you can have it, uh, interact with it, uh, yeah, and, and so on, like a physical object. Of course, right now, photography is still uh, as, uh, um, you know, have a physical embodiment. I mean, uh, it's uh, have a, some kind of weight on a flash, uh, on a uh, on your disk, on your computer, but uh, it's wrapped and going out uh, only, mostly, mostly from the screen. Yeah, and right now, uh, you can observe my work on uh, Prefato in a digital exhibition. So, and uh, it was a big, uh, you know, part of uh, my uh, my time right now, thinking uh, to understand how exactly I can uh, interact right now with this uh, with this uh, object uh, from the screen. So. I try to realize it, uh, you know, I really didn't walk around uh, about all this. A uh, few days ago, I make my first NFT. I mean, NFT from my work. And uh, I have uh, made an animation. I just uh, separate the surface of my photography in a digital way, uh, separate all these holes and scratches and make them uh, move on my uh, another part of the, of the image. So that's how I try to to put uh, all this, uh, yeah, all this uh, idea of the surface of the whole scratches and uh, to go go deeper to the, uh, to the light uh, on the screen, to the light from the wall and going deeper uh, to go closer to the cinema. So right now it is it's become an animated. And uh, yeah, oh, wow. interesting. So that's you're finding an interesting space there between the analog and the digital, and between the moving and the still. Yeah, I mean, I love that movement because it, in a way, it, I get frustrated with the debates when they're so binary about analog and digital and 
And in a way, some of Anna's work taught me a lot about that because, uh, Anna, I know your project Landscape Sublime involved you, you know, finding these almost cliched um, copyright free images, landscape related images online that were that never imagined they'd ever be printed out. Uh, they were you know, just meant for flicker. Um, but so even the act of printing them out and turning them into something physical or analog um, itself is a kind of interesting walking of the line backwards and forwards between, you know, the virtual and the material. And I mean, you could say, Anna, even, even to print out um, a digitally captured image is to, is to transgress something. Maybe, maybe digital images were always meant for screens. What do you feel about that? Uh, yes and no. There's something very curious. <laughs> There's something very curious that that happens when you print out those ephemeral screen-based and potentially just virtual space-confined images. And also, again, going back to this transition from studio practice and printing out other people's images um, of the same type, there are about sort of typology, you know, like building this new iconography of places based on the existing archive that is growing all the time. Um, and the, I'm referring to the existing archive online by um, users of various social media who upload those images, you know, of sites they visited. And then seeing imagery that's not unlike um, those conventional depictions, but all throughout this very image-saturated city, um, Miami, um, and then seeing some of the stock people, you know, images from stock libraries, uh, commercial uh, libraries that you can buy and use in your real estate advertising, same people yes, showing up on different billboards, for instance. So that's, that's sort of creating this parallel world um, that is in essence, you know, affirming the existence of those figures in this imaginary landscape. Um, and, and it's, you know, I tested it out uh, in a way by printing out those images, right? And then building the worlds, uh, the tabletop worlds, and then seeing those worlds almost come alive in a city um, through this sort of typical... Um, luxury real estate advertising or all kinds of other lifestyle you know, projections that we're surrounded by in these cities. You mean images that are out there in the physical world, you know, like wrapped around a building or on a exactly. building? Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of materialized images that were absolutely sampled from these online libraries. Yes. Can I ask you both something about just a general thought about environmentalism and obviously the pressures on the climate right now. I think we're at a point now where we're past the denial. It's now about how fast or how slow different countries are kind of moving towards something that might be sustainable. And it's, it's interesting that within photography, one has at one extreme a kind of practice that understands itself almost as a kind of activism. And on the other hand, there's a, or at the other end, there, there are practices that are much more um, contemplative. Um, they're not necessarily interested in 
any kind of activist outcome, but they're more they're more reflective of, you know, what's going on in the world and and the relation of representation to what's going on in the world, which is it's kind of how I understand both both of your work. But I, I just wonder what you feel about um, the urgency of climate change and the slow contemplative kind of quality of your work. Igor, does that make sense to you as a question? Yeah, of course it's it's it makes sense. You know, the climate is touch everyone <laughs> literally. Yeah, and um, you know, if we talk about the activism and I have a some kind of evolution of my vision and uh, the way of thinking about that from for for past few years and uh, when I was making when I was shooting this series uh, this photography these photos uh, I have uh, one kind of vision right now I have a little bit different uh, vision about you know the climate I mean yes of course the climate is changing and uh, that's a fact um, right now I was just talking about uh, how to talk about that and how to interact with that in a meaning called the artist manifestation and work so as I said, I've been uh, in uh, this far and remote uh, region of Russia, Khmao, uh, as a Greenpeace volunteer. So, yeah, of course, I was talking about uh, many times with different people about climate changing, about environment and uh, uh, about pollution and and so on. Um, and it's like, a, like an activism like just talk about that but uh, a few years ago i just start to as i already said uh, thinking uh, and reading uh, uh, timothy morton and a uh, little bit change my mind about uh, what to do with all these changes uh, changes i mean uh, of course we want to 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 do something to it's mostly the main problem. Uh, it's all about policy. I mean, uh, you can talk about for f maybe for five years about climate changing, but nothing will happen because all this about politic. Uh, they have many problems uh, between countries and so on. But uh, the main f main key idea, which I realize uh, maybe past few years, that uh, if we talk about nature and environment, I was thinking, you know. The climate on the moon, the climate on the Mars, it's it's it's, it's all about nature. They are hundred uh, percent nature, and uh, and it's all about nature and the environment, and uh, it's all about ecology also. And if we talk about uh, what's happening on Earth, we have a no planet B and so on. Yeah, of course, but. Uh, you know, the million years ago, maybe some kind of maybe right now where I was sitting, there been an ocean, few million billion years ago. I don't know actually. Uh, it it's it's also nature, and if uh, everywhere will be you know lava and so on, it's it's already will be one hundred percent nature, and it's all about environment. But uh, there will be no place for human. Yeah, so 
when we talk about nature, actually, we didn't talk about nature because it's a, it's a construct that we, uh, the way of thinking about ourselves, about uh, our comfort, you know, temperature, uh, about our agriculture comfort, about uh, about everything. But it's always uh, all already about people, human, human being, and our comfort, uh, but not about planet. Not about exactly nature, and uh, that's the main key idea that I figure I figure out. Uh, and uh, I don't know actually what I will do with that, but something I <laughs> I would, <laughs> yeah. No, that's very well put. I mean, what we're trying to do is save ourselves. It's not nature. Nature will be fine. <laughs> it's it's us that won't be. Anna, what's your what's your feeling about that? Because I I I know that you've. I know that you've thought long and hard about this kind of complicated relation between a kind of art practice that is contemplative and is looking at making things more complex. And and at the same time, there's a kind of art practice that does have a kind of activist impulse to, to change things somehow. Yeah, of course, you can't not think about climate living in a place like Miami. And uh, even, what was it, five years ago when I moved here, the, I feel like the conversation wasn't as pronounced and widespread as it is now. And it's interesting how far this dialogue um, has gone. In my work, uh, which is this well, flood zone project and certain chapter in the Florida's work and then um, all other sort of pursuits I have on the horizon, um, deal with, I guess it's, um, yeah, human-centric <laughs> understanding of, climate and climate change in nature and how it will affect us and not only us um you know there um, there are other species at stake but i'm talking about uh, our planet um actually what Igor said about timothy morton um there's a term that i really like hyper object uh referring to climate change that's something so big and as somebody who's very interested in these categories, you know, in the sublime prior, uh, something that's just bigger than humans um, and our limits of understanding of things, right? So the work uh, that I'm aiming to accomplish uh, deals mainly with the psychological effects of, of processing this hyperobject, psychological effects of, um, you know, essentially just climate anxiety and as somebody who again lives in Miami there's been four hurricanes during my time here and countless flooding and all the uh, all the preventative measures you have to keep in mind to sort of mitigate the consequences of uh, rising seas yeah this is something I think about deeply and in terms of activism, I don't know, this, the flood zone exhibition um, that I have up now uh, at the History of Miami Museum is also showing in Philadelphia at the Print Center, and then it's going to Chrysler Museum of Art in Norfolk. So this body of work um, is, is generating, I think, a really important dialogue, and it's these conversations that I value the most, um, even just I'm looking at my desk right now um, and the business card. There are some people who can actually make an impact and 
implement change on the government level. You know, I have chief resilience officers who came to my um, exhibition opening and were contemplating that work. And the work is certainly designed for slow contemplation rather than sort of immediate effect, um, like um, a lot of the reportage perhaps has to um has to yeah have yes there's no uh, there's no kind of disaster imagery in your work really at all it's it's all sort of metaphor and um kind of strange symptoms of climate change rather yes than... these are these are layered works um and most of them are reading metaphors rather than direct depictions of climate change so it it never really works when it's presented in this sort of photojournalistic context but it really is about generating this these conversations and because the work i believe because it's not disaster reportage or sort of doom and gloom kind of photography I think it's uh, it's accessible to many and it's sort of open to wider audiences and not just sort of preaching to the choir. Interesting. I mean, we, we all talked about, we all used the word documentary at one point or another. And um, I guess for a long period of its history, to say that one was an experimental documentary photographer sounded like a contradiction in terms, as if you could be a documentary photographer or you could be experimental and i and i think that was to do with the the place that a certain kind of conventional documentary had maybe throughout much of the 20th century and 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 that was to do with you know the mass media magazines and things like that but i'm i now feel that documentary has and you're both interesting examples of this in a way um documentary has been returned to it's more natural state, which is to experiment. Um, that we don't we don't know what's uh, effective in the world. There, all the conventions have gone. We just try things. We just we just try things out. Um, and it's it's actually a kind of he- quite a healthy time, I feel, for for documentary to to understand itself as you know necessarily experimental or speculative. I think is Max Pinker's term for it. That, that, a speculative documentary is um, maybe what we have now. Igor, what do you feel about that? Do you, how are you with the word documentary? Yeah, you know, uh, in my manifestation, in my you know CV and bio, uh, talking about by myself as a documentary photography. Maybe a few months ago, I just started to talk about myself, myself like a lens-based artist, uh, but. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, I am a documentary photographer and. Uh, I've been learning uh, photography, you know, in Saint Petersburg. Uh, the the school name was Dog, 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 Three Times Dog. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a free, three times documentary photographer. Um, and if we talk about um, speculation and uh, yeah, I I laugh. I, I laugh with speculation. I mean, uh, what exactly when you, when you talk about the photography? Of course, you're talking about the image. Uh, doesn't matter digital, analog, and so on from the screen. And yeah, of course. Uh, in the 20th century, we talk in in the 20th century. We talk about photography you now like a like a document. Uh, you saw it. It's been there. It's been in a newspaper. Yeah, but right now we have a fake uh, Photoshop. Uh, yeah, manipulation and so on. So. Uh, 
photography just disappear like you know like a 100% document i mean in a straight way and uh few weeks ago i've been uh, at thomas Timans exhibition in moscow and uh, yeah, if we talk about speculation, yeah, it's uh, exactly uh, what I was thinking about when I've been uh, on this exhibition. Yeah, and I was thinking about my uh, my 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 images. Uh, are they are they the truth? Uh, is this splashes or the stretches are real? Of course, they are real. Uh, what exactly? You know, some people tell me that uh, you know you need to go go to there one more time you need to shoot another family of nomads you need to shoot you know another reindeers you need to shoot another ten house you need to shoot uh, another place uh, of a disaster with oil spills you know in russia in our place i said no i didn't <laughs> because this my work on almost is not about exactly the Khmau, not exactly about the russia problem of oil spill it's all about yeah, in a, in a, in a huge uh, hyper object. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a fact that uh, we have uh, oil, we have uh, spills, uh, something from the from you know from the ground going out, and uh, it shouldn't be there. Uh, it shouldn't be beneath the nomads, beneath the reindeers, and uh, the main problem of all of this is uh, that the. Uh, the benefits of all this uh, oil and uh, so on going not to these nomads, not to this place, not to this region. So now it's becoming a, like uh, the political problem, not about nature or environmental problem. Anna, what's your feeling about this? Um, the relation between sort of experimentation, speculation and, and documentary. I mean, I get the impression you hadn't expected to be an observational documentary photographer you took a couple of side steps out of the studio no certainly not um and to piggyback off what Igor um just said about you know how are we talking about indexicality are we talking about uh, is precise events uh, no these are not records of precise events and date and time and i even exclude captions most of the time these are about sort of general sense of place. But what I started doing in these museum exhibitions of, of Flood Zone is actually um, sifting through museums' existing collections of usually press photos. And it's, it's remarkable how many images of environmental disasters there are already there, you know, in those museums who have these historic collections. So, for instance, History of Miami Museum, we have a whole separate gallery of press images of floods and various other, you know, destruction. And they're sort of... Um, the reason for including them is to show the patterns um, that are being repeated, you know, the lack of preparation, um, the effects it has on residential neighborhoods, on the infrastructure, and then the cleanup, and who gets to clean up, and for how little money. It And again, like Igor said, it's all about politics. It's all about economy. Uh, it's all about resources. It's beyond just the narrow definition of climate change and climate disaster, Um and so it's funny, uh, oh, well, another show will be at the Eastman Museum, and that's in Rochester, New York. And I certainly wasn't expecting to find such vast archive uh, flood images from that area. So that will be a separate gallery as well. Um, and how it's all 
how it's all still relevant, you know, because water is rising everywhere. So seas are rising all throughout and it's going to affect rivers as well. And then in the Florida's work, um, which sort of came out of these intense explorations of, of this landscape and, and my road trips to um, nearing, you know, nearby, um, was it neighboring states, um, Georgia and South Carolina. Um, so with the Florida's project, I was also really um, sort of adamant to make a, in a sense, feminist statement. I noticed that, you know, there's this huge upheaval of sort of rehashing of an archive type of photography, right? Um, all kinds of investigations into the existing archives of images, myself included with Landscape Sublime. But then it seems like there's a whole tidal wave of work that is sort of rehashing the existing archive. And then I wanted to question, you know, whom the original archive belongs to. And I noticed it's mainly men. It's men who <laughs> created the original archive of places and time, right, of these environmental um, kind of images that address bigger issues than, say, your family, right, or your own body or anybody's body, but things that are public. Um, the first show that I saw when I moved Miami to Miami was uh, Berenice Abbott Route 1. And I thought, how few women are still in this genre of exploration, you know, this kind of public type of photography, being present in the street and navigating it on your feet. So, um, yeah, I wanted to delve into that from this perspective and see whether there's still a place for this original new archive of places and time. And I think it's worth... Um, yeah, worth showing. And I know your your Florida's book intersperses some images by Walker Evans, who photographed in Florida over for four decades or so. And of course, that's an that's an archive now. Although he's, I guess, I guess there's an interesting question of just how how gendered that work is, but also how gendered your own work is at the level of the image. I mean, it's important that you're out there making it. And there are there are really interesting images in the Florida's project that are to do with w women in public space and occupying that space and being there. And obviously you have to do that as an image maker, an observational image maker. But it's, it's subtle in your work. It's very it's 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 never obvious. Do you have a do you have a fear of the obvious, Anna? Perhaps I'm trying to avoid, uh, especially working with such um, heavily photographed subject, well, the beginnings were in Florida, um, how to avoid stereotypes and sort of expectations in terms of just visual representation of this place. So subverting those expectations while also alluding to all the eccentricities and a bit of a kitsch, you know, that's integral to the culture. Um, yeah, and Evans, Evans is a, was a discovery, a rediscovery rather, you know, I studied history of photography, but then Suddenly on this on these road trips, I saw um, there was crossover, and then he photographed on the West Coast, and also um, some images are homages to Evans. I also wanted to subvert that idea that he's this monolithical figure in American photography, who's I think he was much more layered and complex than that. Uh, and speaking of gender, you know that's also a bit questionable. I can't, I can't go too far into that, but with Evans too, it's not sort of. No, what it's you'd true. Expect. It's true. 
I think our time is nearly done. We've covered an awful lot. Just a quick last question. What's, what's coming up? Igor, your work's on the talent.foam.org website and the, the Florida's pictures, some of them, Anna will be at Curiosa or are at Curiosa as part of Parry Photo. But what's coming up next for you? Yeah, I was thinking about um, another way of representing, uh, you know, in the nomads, uh, all this way of life. And I was thinking about, uh, of course, we talk about landscape. And I was thinking about landscape, you know, like a basic uh, landscape that been, you know, a thousand years ago, like, uh, you know, like a seascapes of, uh, like a Sugimoto style, I mean. Uh, let's see escapes, but uh, about landscapes. And I was thinking about photograms, uh, obscuring the camera. And uh, I think in the next year I will move to to the distant far remote places and, uh, you know, we'll make a, um, the obscuring camera from the tent house of the nomads people. And I will move uh, with all these nomads, nomads, and uh, to make uh, each, each time we will stop, I will make a, a photo of this, you know, the landscape, the basic landscape, uh, which didn't uh, even uh, changes for a thousand years for these people. Uh, the same, you know, the horizon doesn't matter what is it trees water or uh, you know snow uh, is the same and uh, i think i could uh, make it in a way of uh, still in a chemical and analog way yeah, yeah in a photogram sounds amazing I'm, I'm resisting trying to picture it in my head because i know from me, the me way too. You work, <laughs> i know from the way you work Images don't come out exactly as planned. There's an awful lot of unpredictability yeah. in there. And Anna, Anna, what's up next for you? As uh, always, multiple things at once. <laughs> Parallel projects in development. I'm um, starting to exhibit the Floridas project. Um, so that's going to start showing, you know, Perry's photo is the premiere, and then it will take off from there in various iterations. Um, and from Florida's, I'm really invested in this idea of uh, image cities. So cities as um, well, metropolis is filled with images, you know, images that target mainly to women and then cities as also places that provide the most opportunities to women, you know, opportunities for um, freedom and um, economic opportunities as well. So sort of women, cities and images intertwined. Again, I can almost picture it, but I must resist. <laughs> That's great. Thanks very much, the two of you. Um, good luck with everything. You were very generous. That was an uh, information and ideas-packed hour. Good luck with what you've got coming up, and I hope to meet you in person at some point. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Igor. Thank you for listening. Do not miss the works of the artist and visit the Foam Talent digital exhibition at talent.foam.org and the Curiosa sector at Paris Photo. This episode of Phone Talks was brought to you as a part of the Phone Talent Programme. The Phone Talent Programme and the annual talent issue of Phone Magazine are supported by the Deutsche Börse Photography Foundation and the Van den Ende Foundation. Please keep an eye on our social media for the next episode. Viva! <laughs>